0: starting a new series. We finished up our series last week on the seven churches in Revelation. We talked about all of those and then we had a kind of a review service last week. where We got a little more specific of what God's calling us to do and those are online if you want to listen to those or if you want to catch up on that if you missed it last week. But this week we're starting a new series coming in on Thanksgiving and we're going to talk about giving thanks. And I want to encourage you because I think one of the one of the things we have lost as a community is thankfulness. We there's just not as many grateful people in the world <laughs> that there used to be. Well, maybe let me say it this way: you don't hear a lot of grateful things. You know, I when uh, on on uh, Halloween our neighborhood. Does this big all the kids our neighborhood is packed with people going trick or treating and going door to door, so Patty and Meg and some of meg's friends um they'll go around the neighborhood, and me and a couple other guys we we sit in the driveway with a big thing of candy and a fire um and and we just pass out candy you know it's it's easier for us we can eat, you know, so we're snacking we got a whole bowl of candy and um but I'm so, it's so, uh, sometimes it's almost frustrating uh, how ungrateful people are. You know, and I know some of them are younger, and, you know, kids are not born thankful. How many of you know that? Yeah? If you have kids, they, they start growing up, they, they go through that stage of, no, no, mine, mine. They go through that where they're not, they're not very grateful. You have to teach them to be grateful. You don't have to teach them to not be grateful. They pick that up on their own. You have to teach them to be grateful. We're, these, we're sitting down, and I'm just noticing um, adults with their kids that they just walk up, grab some candy, look at you, and walk away. And I kept thinking, you know what? You just have this, you know, those little jawbreakers. You think I could just, pow. you're welcome. You know, you just kind of want to help people understand be grateful, but I was just—I got to where the guy I was with. We just kind of started talking about it. Like, do you know? I don't know if anyone so far has even said, "Oh, thank you." So I start thinking about my daughter. I'm like, she better be out there saying thank you when she gets candy from somebody. And 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 when they're younger, I, I get that. But do you know? More and more, it's just less and less I hear those words. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to look to your neighbor. And say thank you. Thank you. All right. You're gonna, we're going to do that throughout the, throughout the time. Just to get you used to saying the words. Because you have a lot to be grateful for. And if you're struggling with, what, 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 I have nothing to be thankful for right now. Then I want you to stop for just a second. I want you to think about the air that just went in your lungs and out of your lungs. That didn't come from you. you. Life, your life came from God. You have something to be thankful for every day. You know, yes, as our nation, going through a lot of stuff, but can I just tell you, we still live in a nation we can meet right here and open up this word and serve God and live for God freely. We have a lot to be thankful for. So I want us to really just dig into this today just a little bit and to realize, listen, we need to... We need to just allow the Lord to help us to be thankful. Be thankful. We're going to talk about the importance of it as we go. Why do we need to be thankful? Look at Psalms 100 verse 4. Very familiar passage to a lot of people. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. You know, I want to encourage you. When you, when you go to the Lord to pray, start with thanksgiving. Enter into his presence with thanksgiving. Just be thankful that you even belong to God. Because your relationship with God is based on nothing that you've done except to receive him. Your relationship with God is because of what he did for us when he sent Jesus. To die on the cross, to take our sin, to 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 bring salvation to us. That's We have a, we have a lot to be thankful for. So we need to start everything. Our, everything that we do needs to start with that of thanksgiving, of being thankful to the Lord. Psalms 92.1 says this, it is good to give thanks to the Lord. You want to know what's good? How many want to do good? Yeah. Okay, here's one thing you can do that's good. Give thanks to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know what? I just got to tell you, I had to practice this today. This morning. I had to practice and get thankful because I got off track for a second. Mike in the sound booth does a great job. He notices stuff. He came back and said, "Hey, um, one of those back lights went out." And if you know me, that drives me crazy. So we grabbed, I'm like, "Okay, we got to get the ladder." This is before service. Worship team's practicing. We got the ladder. I'm at top of the ladder. Shaking the bulb, unscrew it, we don't have another one. We just got, we just they're all LEDs, they're supposed to last for years and years. And they didn't. They've only been in there a couple months. I'm like, are you kidding me? So I unscrew it, screw it back in, shake it, do everything I know to do. Then I find out you don't need to shake those anyway. You still can't tell if they're burned out by shaking them. but But I looked like I knew what I was doing. But here's the thing. Then all of a sudden, I get like I get to where I can't. I just can't focus. Like that's all I see. And I thought, you know what? That's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna be on the front row. We're gonna be worshiping. Stupid bulb. <laughs> okay, I'm going back to Lowe's. I'm gonna tell them. They said 40. I think it was last like 20 years. And I think like you know. And I would get all all focus. And then here's what I thought. Look at all the lights that are working. <laughs> Look at look how many windows we have. We got plenty of light to do what we need to do, and I 'm going to look at one bulb and i 'm going to let it ruin my entire experience. That's crazy. So you know what? it's still out, and if it's still out next week, then I 'm fine, <laughs> but it will not be out <laughs> next week. We we will get that fixed. But I thought, Lord, I do have a lot to be grateful for. Right? One burnt out bulb is not the end of the world. We're fine. We're fine. There's still plenty of light up here. It's not centered, but just fine. You can tell I'm still working through that. Because right now all of you are looking like, yeah, it is it is different. Pay attention. Get back to the word. Psalms 106. Praise the Lord. Give thanks. To the Lord. Why? Because he's good. He is, his faithful love endures forever. Let me tell you why we thank the Lord. See, sometimes we thank the Lord when he finally comes through for us. But I'm telling you, whether you see everything right away or whether you're in the middle of going through something, I'm telling you, God is still good. He's always good. He always will be good. And he will be faithful. He will be faithful to you. So give thanks to the Lord. Why? Because he tells us to. Because he's good. He's good and he's faithful. Whatever you're going through right now, I promise you God is with you, and he will carry you through it because he's faithful. Psalms 107.1 says the same thing. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures how long? Forever. Forever. All right? Now look at 1 Corinthians 15.57. If you want to know what you have to be thankful for. But thank God because he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the cool part about God that people don't always realize. And I know this is review for some of you, but I'm telling you, we, we are victorious over sin and death because of Jesus. In other words, what sin brings about, the Bible says the wages of sin is death, right? The gift of God is eternal life. So sin has to result in death, that's the price. But Jesus, who knew no sin, came and died and paid the price for your sin. So Jesus, for you, paid the price of your sin. So now you can have eternal life with him. You will not experience death in the sense of of death. Your spirit and who you are will, will live forever with the Lord. Your physical body at some point will die. But you will live forever. This flesh is not you. That's just where you live. That's just where you live. But when, you, when, this, when this flesh dies, you continue, your spirit lives with the Lord forever and ever and ever. In a new glorified body. Right? So, basically, death is just, you're just moving. How many have ever moved from one house to another? Yeah. Except this one, you don't have to pack. You don't have to do nothing. It's just in a moment. Oh, here I am. woo And you're with the Lord forever and ever. Why? Because Jesus paid the price for you. And sometimes we look at our life on earth and we don't realize it's just a dot on the overall eternal map. And we make so many decisions. And we make so many, uh, we get so concerned and so worried about this tiny little dot Of life compared to eternity, and we lose out all the stuff that we we can be so thankful for, because this tiny little moment, when you look at eternity, it's forever and ever and ever, and our time on earth compared to eternity is a small dot that you can barely see. Yet our our hope, our joy, our peace every we get so caught up in just this dot. And if we would think a little bit more on the spiritual text, not not that we don't still deal with where we are, but I'm telling you, you have a lot to be grateful for. If, If God does nothing else for you, you still have a lot to be grateful for. You're going to spend eternity with him forever and ever and ever. And he's the one that paid that for you. And when God looks at you, He sees the righteousness of Jesus. For all have sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. Right? Okay, we all mess up. Romans 3.23, Romans 3.24. But God declares you're righteous. Even though you mess up, even though you struggle, God doesn't see you as some poor, pathetic sinner. He sees you as the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. He sees you through Jesus, which means, do you still mess up? Yeah, because the Bible says righteous people fall. But according to the word of God, because of Jesus in your life, you are righteous. You are righteous. Because you know what? You're covering now. Colossians, I think it's 3.3. 3, it says that you are hidden in Christ. If you're hidden in Christ, okay, let's look at this like... Um, we played uh, paintball one time, and Patty is intense at playing paintball—like crazy. She comes out all bleeding and stuff. Like, what happened? I was hiding in a thorn bush. I'm like, it's paintball. It's not. There's no need in going that crazy. But if you're hide in a bush or in something like that, you know what? Then you, when people look, they don't see you. They see what you're hiding in, but they don't see you because you're hidden in that, right? So if we're, the Bible says if we're hidden in Christ, then when people look at us and when God looks at us, listen, when God looks at us, he sees Christ. He sees Jesus in us. That's what he sees. That's what people should see. You know what people should see in your life? They should see Jesus. Are you human and do you mess up? Yes. But they should see someone who was sold out, living for God, making a difference, and when they do mess up, they get back up. Doesn't mean you're never gonna fall. But when you do, you get back up. Because God took care of your sin a long time ago. He's forgiven it. He's forgiven you. Now when you mess up, you get back up and say, That's not who I am. I'm gonna live this out. When you confess your sin before the Lord, He's faithful and just to forgive you, and He cleanses you from all unrighteousness. Any, any trace of it is gone. That's, that's how good God is. So I think He is good and He is faithful. And we can be a little bit more grateful. All right, now how do we how do we how do we get that way? If we're struggling with being thankful, let's look at these verses. Psalms twenty eight seven says, "The Lord is my strength and my shield. I I trust him with all of my heart. He helps me. My heart is filled with joy, and I burst out in songs of thanksgiving." Can you imagine? I just burst out in songs of thanksgiving. Listen, let me just put you at peace. It's not going to happen like you'll be in the line at Target and you're like, Thanksgiving! You know, it's not going to happen like that. But I mean, it's in you that it just comes out of you. When you're talking to people, when people are talking to you, thankfulness is just flowing out of you. Why? Because the Lord is your strength. The Lord is the one who protects you. The Lord is the one you can trust in with everything. The Lord is the one who says, I will help you. The Lord says that your heart is filled with joy because he helps you. When you realize that God actually sent you the helper, which is the Holy Spirit, when you have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God that lives inside of you as the helper, listen, you have have so much to be thankful for. Try living life without him. Then when you're stuck and you don't know what to do, you have no help. You ever tried to put something together without instructions, without anybody that's ever done it before? You don't know what to do. You don't know what piece goes where. You don't even know what it's supposed to look like. But if you have a helper that knows, life is so much easier. And you can make it through. We got to really look and see all that God has done for us and how we can become thankful. Look at this next passage. In Colossians 2, verse 6 and 7. All right, I'm gonna walk you through how to become thankful. One, just as you've accepted Christ Jesus, first thing you need to do, if you've never done this, you need to accept Jesus. Because that's where it all starts. That's where it all starts. Usually, when you say thank you, it's because someone gives you something, right? So you're thankful because of what you have received. When you receive Jesus, It overflows into thankfulness because all of a sudden you realize he gave his life for me. He paid for my sin. He doesn't look at me the way I see me. He sees me different. He loves me even in my stuff. He forgives me. He knows my heart. Yeah. So when you give your life to him and then you continue to follow him, when you continue to follow him, keep going, let your roots grow down deep into him. You know how you get your roots to grow deep? Right here. This is, remember how we call this the incorruptible seed? That's what the Bible calls the word, the incorruptible seed. Where does seed go? It gets planted. And when you plant the word inside of you, and you plant the word of God, you will begin to see some things grow. Your roots will go deep. And the deeper the roots and the stronger the root system is, the stronger it is when it's standing up out of the ground. So sometimes we have to remember that when we plant this, we plant this word, it's, it's doing, let it go, let it grow. Let it grow, let the roots grow. Now here's the thing you have to remember, you can't see roots grow. Unless you're doing some special thing in a jar like you did for chemistry class or whatever. But when you go plant a tomato plant in your yard, you don't see the roots growing. You're just trusting that that seed has the life in it. That as you water and take care of it, there's a lot of stuff happening underneath that you don't even know. But it eventually, you will know. Because you will see something come up out of the ground once it's established a root system that can, that can sustain it. And that's why you can't get discouraged if you're reading the word. You're like, man, I don't, I don't see anything right away. That's because you're letting your roots grow. You're building inside. Before anything ever happens outside, you're building the word of God inside. And that seed is germinating. That seed is is giving life. And it's building a strong support system for all that God wants to do. Because the Bible says when when you plant the word, you'll produce. The word of God will produce in your life. The Bible says it will. So let your roots grow down deep. Let your lives be built on him. Then, once you do that, you receive Jesus, you get in the Word, you let the roots go deep. Even if you don't see it on the outside, you just keep going. You stay faithful and get in the Word and get in the Word and read the Word. Spend time with God. Then your faith will go strong in the truth that you were taught. So this is what it means. Your faith begins to build up in what? In the truth you're being taught, in the things you're reading. There's been times where I've read scriptures And I thought, oh, that's good, that's good. And then way down the road, I'm going through something. This scripture comes right up. And it's like, oh, I remember. I remember reading that verse. I remember that. And it comes up because, you know what, it's it's growing. I've established that root system, so now it's coming up. My faith will grow strong in the truth that I was taught. And you will overflow with what? Thankfulness. Think about overflowing. It means it's already full and it's overflowing into whatever is around it. you will people will see your thankfulness because it'll overflow out of you. It's going to go somewhere and people will see it and we need we need to be thankful. we're going to get into that in just a second of what thankfulness will actually do for you. all right now. When do we need to be thankful? Look at the scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Always, say that word. Always Always be joyful. Never, say never. never. Never stop praying. So here's two things. Always be joyful and never stop praying. And then listen to this. Be thankful in, what's the next word? All circumstances. That means the one you're in right now. The difficult place you're in right now, be thankful. Listen to what it says after that. For this is God's will for you. How many have ever prayed, Lord, I want to know your will? Anybody ever pray that? You have a decision, you know, God, I need to know your will. And then when he tells you, I need a different one. <laughs> I need a different will. Here's what part of his will for your life is. It's to be thankful in every circumstance. Now, what does that mean? Okay, let's say you lose your job. Oh, thank you. Your boss comes, hey, we're going to let you go. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. That's not what he's saying. That's not what he's saying. The reason you can be thankful in all circumstances is because your roots are growing deep and you have Jesus. So you know, hey, I can be thankful to the Lord Even in this situation. Why? Because my Bible never said that my boss and my job was the source of my provision. My Bible actually said that my God will provide my needs. He uses a job. He'll use different ways. But my God is the source of my provision. Your job is a resource that God uses. But God is your source. God is your source. I know that. I went 10 months without a job. Patty and I both, we stepped out of the church we were at. We knew the Lord called us into something, and we didn't know what. That was a 10-month journey that I didn't work, and neither did she. And we did not have this huge savings account that we can just live on. It was a day-by-day faith journey of trusting in God, and he was faithful. And he reminded us several times, your source was never in a person. It was never in a place. It's in me. That's why I do not do a big push for money at this church because you are not my source. I encourage you to give because of what it will do for you. But I don't need your money. We have God, and God provided for me before you were here, and he will provide for me after you're gone. Hopefully, you're not leaving, but if you do, God will still take care of me because he promised me I will provide. Psalms 37 says the righteous are never forsaken. That's a promise from the Lord. So that's how we can be thankful in every circumstance, because it's God's will. When we get in the word and we let His roots grow deep and we build our relationship with God, we begin to know who God is. We begin to know His faithfulness. We begin to know that He's going to come through, so when we face the difficulty, we're not thanking people for firing us and thanking people for getting on our nerves. We're thanking God that in the midst of whatever we face, that He is faithful and that He will see us through it. It's part of faith. It's part of believing something even before you see how it's all going to work. Sometimes you have to take a step of faith when the Lord tells you to, and there's trust. You have to trust. There are going to be times in your life where you're going to have to trust them. And I know of people even in this room where you had just all kinds of stuff, situations that you were in for weeks and months, and you just, you had to stay faithful. And God comes through every time. All right? Now look at Colossians three, fourteen through 17. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all of his richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs to God with what kind of hearts? Thankful. Thankful. Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus giving what? Thanks through, through him to God the Father. So again, we're giving thanks. Even when it talks about singing songs in him, Listen. When you come to the Lord, sometimes, I want to encourage you to have some times with the Lord where you don't ask him for anything. A lot of times when, listen, I know know people, when they got close to this election, oh, they calling on Jesus. Lord, please let this person win don't let this person win. And then when then as we go, now it's like, "Oh Lord, please." And then there's still, "Oh Lord, please." I mean, and when when we're in as difficult situations, people pray. Listen, I know some people that just ungodly people. But when tragedy happens, oh, they pray. I'll never forget as a youth pastor when the whole 9/11 thing happened, we had maybe 200 youth at the time. That next Wednesday, we had like over 400. I'm like, where'd all these people come from? Oh, they, they ask him for help. Yeah, because now they're afraid. But then once that settles down, everybody goes back to their normal routine. And sometimes even as believers, we can get caught up in coming to God in those difficult moments. But consistently, we don't do it. And as a father, if my kids only talk to me when they want something and they don't just like hanging out or just being with me or just laughing and joking or, or you know, saying, hey, thanks for taking us to McDonald's or thanks for, if all of that is, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, then we, we got a problem. And sometimes we do that not on purpose because we really are facing a lot of stuff. But I want to encourage you. This week, I want you to take some time. And I want you to go to the Lord at some point, a couple different times, and just thank him. I promise you, as you start thanking him, you'll think of more and more things to thank him for. You'll, you'll, it'll, I'm telling you, it'll come. You'll just start talking. Oh, well, yeah, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Oh, you know what? I didn't realize. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the air I'm breathing. Thanks for the friendships that I have. Thanks for this. Thanks for that. You know? You know, you know how many people don't even have a vehicle? You know how many people walking miles and miles to go to church? And then going to a church that their life could be on the line if they get caught? You know what people are facing in other countries that are being killed? Because they love Jesus. There's all kinds of stuff. And when you put it in perspective, you become a lot more grateful. Everybody should go on a mission trip. That's all, actually how you should punish your kids, send them on a mission trip. <laughs> no, just kidding. No. But you know what? You go on a mission trip, you see how blessed we really are. How blessed we really are. Do we still need the Lord? Yes, Absolutely. But we have a lot to be thankful for. so I want to talk to you about these three things real quick. when When do you be thankful? Listen, I'll just tell you all three of them right now and then we'll read the scriptures. You're thankful before anything ever happens. on the whatever you're facing, whatever your circumstance is, be thankful before anything even changes. Be thankful during the process of whatever you're going through, and then be thankful when it's all done, and God took care of you. In other words, In everything, in all circumstances, at all times, we're thankful. We're thankful. We pray with thanksgiving, even in the midst of difficulty. Look at this passage of John chapter 6. After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Jesus climbed a hill sat down with the disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Let me just stop there for just a second. Do you know in Scripture, Jesus never pursued a crowd. They pursued him. They pursued him, why? Because of what he was manifesting in his life. The things that were happening in his life, people were attracted to that. If we will live our lives connected to our Heavenly Father, I'm telling you, people will be attracted to what you have. They'll be attracted to that that light in you because they were with Jesus. If you look just like them, they're not going to be attractive. But if you're different and you're standing out as light in darkness, I'm telling you, it's not the same analogy, but you know those bug zappers, they attract light. They attract bugs, and then, of course, the bugs die. But in this particular situation, people will live if they're attracted to the light in you, right? Horrible example, Scott, but thanks for trying. Okay, (laughs) Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we would not have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five loaves and two fish. But what good is that with a huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus says. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. So if you include everybody, you're looking at over 5,000 people, way over 5,000 people. Then Jesus took the loaves and listen to what he does. He takes the loaves and he gives thanks. Everybody, the disciples just said, that's not enough. You know what some people would do today? Hey, we have five. Listen, man, five loaves are not going to do nothing. You see all these? We have thousands of people out here. That's not, that's not going to cut it. But see, Jesus, Jesus knew his father. And he knew, listen, we will take what we have and we'll be thankful. And we'll trust God with the rest of it. So he took those and he gave thanks, and then he distributed them to the people. And after he did the same with the fish, they all ate, listen to this, as much as they wanted. Basically, Jesus opened up a buffet. Eat all you want. And when it was over, if you go to the next verse, everyone was full. Jesus told disciples, gather the leftovers so nothing is wasted. They picked up pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the loaves. 12 baskets. There was more left over than there was even when it started. How does that happen? It happens miraculously. But where did it start? Because you know what? Jesus didn't thank God for it after it multiplied. He thanked God for it before anything happened miraculously. He said, God, thank you. I give you thanks for this. And then he says, pass it out. And the miracle happened afterwards. So it started with thanksgiving, right? We need to be thankful even while we're praying, while we're believing God for something, when we don't even know. Be thankful for what you have right now because God can take what you have and do a whole lot with it. But be thankful. Be thankful with what you have and what God has done. Look at this next one. Thankful during the process. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything. Okay, obviously, if he's telling you this, sometimes you read this, it's because you are worrying. And it's, listen, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all that he's done. Then, Right? Then, in other words, if you're in the middle of something, here's my encouragement to you right now. Listen, don't worry about it. Pray. And when you pray, you come before God and let him know what you need and thank him for what he's already done. Start with that Thanksgiving, but even in the middle of it right now, go ahead and thank him. And here's what happens if you will. Then you will experience. Remember, then means after you do this, then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand, and his peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. So now you're in the middle of this situation, you're in the middle of this circumstance that's difficult for you, and you give your things to the Lord, and you begin to thank him and decide, I'm going to pray, I'm not going to worry, and I'm going to be thankful for what he's already done and what he's doing in my life even now before I see it all change. And here's what happens. In the middle of your circumstance, you're going to have peace that you don't even understand. And that peace will guard your heart, and it will guard your mind. It will guard your mind from those thoughts that say, it's over, you're done. It's never going to change. See, those thoughts come, and that's why we sometimes struggle being, being grateful, because we're thinking, it's not going to happen. But if we, if we start with gratefulness, then it will guard our minds and our hearts from even allowing ourselves to go that far. Where we give up. And that's what part of this, this scripture is talking about. Look at Colossians 4.2. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Devote yourselves to prayer not only with, a, with a, a sharp, alert mind, but with a thankful heart. In other words, when you're devoted and you're all in, this is what I'm committed to do. I'm devoted to this. I'm going to pray. And, and, the, and the word says pray, but do it with a thankful heart. That's, that's the key to you and your prayer is to have a thankful heart throughout the whole process. And then thankful after. So you, you're thankful before, you're thankful in the middle of it, and then afterwards. Look at this scripture. As Jesus continued toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. He entered a village where ten lepers stood at a distance because they weren't allowed to be with a the society. They were out to the, as a the distance. And they were crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourself to the priest. As they went, in other words, there was no quick healing right then. There was a process. There was obedience. They had to walk this journey. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. So a miracle happened. Ten of them. They leave somewhere on the journey. I don't know if it was a 100 feet or if it was... 20 miles. I have no idea how long they went, but I know this, somewhere on that journey between them and the priests, they were, they were supernaturally healed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other Nine. And has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go, your faith has healed you. One translation says, go, your faith has made you well. Listen, there was a deeper thing that this guy received than the other nine because of his place of being grateful. But you know what? This is the part that I was thinking about. Even this morning, 90% of the people that were, and I know it's 9 out of 10, so that's why was easy for me to do the math. 90% were completely healed of a disease that isolated them, that kept them away, that made them outsiders, that there was no cure for, there was nothing they could do. That was their, the rest of their life. They were on the outside. They couldn't be a part of society. They couldn't be a part of all that's going on. And they are miraculously healed. See, we're not talking about, oh, here, just want to give you this piece of candy. No, we're not talking about We're talking about a miraculous healing. I get it if, if you're down there and you're just like, oh, that was, that was pretty nice of them, you know. I'm talking about a miraculous, um, leprosy, just sore stuff all over you. And God instantly cleans you up, heals you completely. And 90% just never even turn around and say, wow, thank you. You just changed my life. You just, you just restored me to my family, to my, I mean to friends. I could be part of everything that's going on now. And one out of ten? And I just, I thought, Lord, help us. Help us. Because here's where it comes to us. If I was to ask you to think about your day, think about how many people you talk to. Think about the things that are important to you. Things about the things you talk about. The church you go to, the school you go to, the, the job you work, the family you have, the friends you have, whatever. Think about all that stuff. And how grateful are we? How grateful are we to the Lord? It's amazing that the illustration, of, it's amazing how we'll see one thing. And all of our attention and all of our focus goes on, this shouldn't be this way, and this shouldn't be this, and I can't believe that, and I can't believe this, and I can't, and we have so much more to be grateful for. And it, honestly, I think there is even physical things that we experience because we are not grateful people. And I, I want us to, I want us to let the Lord change that. Because it's easy to get off track. It's easy. As a pastor, it's happened. I, I know. I've, I've seen it. I used to pull up on this problem. Oh, God, thank you so much. Man, look at this. When we first moved in. Oh, man, awesome. Oh, I'm so thankful for how you're doing. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. And then if you're not careful, one day you're just pulling up. Just pulling up to your job, doing your work. Forgetting, Lord, every day. Is a miracle. Every day you're faithful. Every day you provide for me. Every day you look after me. Every day you've protected me. Every day you've blessed us. Every day you've done amazing things in people's lives. Every day. And we don't even notice it. Because we're so, we're looking at all the stuff that we don't think is right. What if the Lord says, let me just, how about taking a week where you look at the stuff that is right and be grateful? What if that's what the Lord wants to do with us? Be grateful for those people that you have in your life. Do they get on the nerve? Maybe every now and then. But maybe maybe there's a lot of things that people are in your life and in your sphere of influence and on your job that actually are good for you, that actually are helping you. We could criticize the boss that signs our check. He gave you a job. He's paying you. He switches one little policy and, oh, Facebook Live. He is so, I mean, come on. Let's just be grateful, thankful people. Because we can see ungratefulness in other people. But we don't want to turn it in. I'll close with this story. Some of you have heard this. Fifth grade. I was a safety patrol. I loved it. had a badge. I mean, I was the man. I had authority at my school, Shaw Elementary School, Tampa, Florida. Walking up and down the halls, walk, slow down. Kids just stop because I had a badge. One day, we're, I'm standing on right in front of a busy road. I got a flagpole keeping the kids back behind the pole crossing guards on the other side, the patrols on the other side with their flag, getting ready to let kids cross. I don't know how it all happened. It all happened fast, but here's what happened. The kid ran out right past the pole that I was holding into the road. I, don't know, I didn't have time to think about it, or I probably wouldn't have done it. But I went and I grabbed him, and I threw him back. The car came skidding around like this, went off to the side. I stepped back, crossing guard stops all traffic runs over checks on me checks on the car looks at me straight in the eye said do you see what you just did I was like, no ma'am you saved that boy's life I was like what you saved his life and i'm looking at his kids laying down on the sidewalk evidently i threw him pretty good <laughs> and uh and then i started crying because it scared me and i thought i almost almost got hit he's like yeah that car came right past you and skidded off into the side. I was like, whoa. I went home, and I called my mom, and I'm crying my eyes out because my mom and dad both work, So I was home by, you know, we, my brothers, we come home. We were by ourselves for a couple hours. So I call my mom, and I'm crying. And she's like, what's the matter? I'm like, Mom, I, And she's like, what is wrong? And I'm like, I saved a boy's life. <laughs> and she's like, what? So I tell her what happens. The crossing guard comes to our house that day, explains the story. All this stuff goes on. Make a long story short. Here's what ends up happening. Through all this process, all of a sudden this thing gets going crazy. Next thing you know, I'm in the newspaper with my poll and my badge, and I'm on the front page of the Tampa Tribune. I still have all these articles I'm on the front page of the Tampa Tribune. I'm like, life-saving hero. The school has a national, well, national. It was just our school. It was National Shaw Elementary honoring Scott Day. So we all go to the thing. They present me with another gold badge. Now I have two badges. The worst thing they could have done for me. I had two badges. I start getting these awards from the AAA, the, the, the PTA. I get all this stuff. I'm on the news. The news comes out, interviews me. And my dad was a pastor. So I'm just going to go ahead and tell you my dad coached me in being spiritual. He's like, Here's what you say, son. I thought about him more than I did myself. And I'm like, okay. So he was like, so why did you do that? Well, I just thought about him more than I did myself. Realistically, I'm like, if I would have thought, that kid would have been hit. <laughs> because there's no way I would, as a fifth grader, run out in front of this car. But it just happened. So, so after all this stuff happens and I get all these awards, I get this invite from the mayor of the city of Tampa. And he gives me a key to the city. Just this big gold key with the gold seal of uh, Florida-Tampa seal on it. I've never found the door, but I have the key. Um, So I get this. Next thing you know, down the road, I'm invited to the governor's mansion in Tallahassee, Florida. I go and meet Governor Bob Graham. He was the governor at the time. I go there. I meet him. He presents me with this award. All this stuff. I go. I meet the cabinet. All the TV cameras are there. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. And... So things kind of settle a little bit, and then all of a sudden I get a letter in the mail. I'm telling you, this is all, I got all this still at my house. I get a letter from President Ronald Reagan, and it says, Scott, you have been chosen as one of five national heroes, and we want to bring you to Washington, D.C., receive a gold medal from the president in in honor of you, you know, sacrificing and saving this little boy's life or whatever. So my parents are more excited than me. (laughs) They're like, absolutely, we're going, you know. So... We go, we get to go to the airport, cameras are everywhere, I'm representing Tampa now. I mean, they're all like, go, Scott, you know, and they're asking me, and every question they ask, I pretty much say, well, I thought of him more than I did myself. So I get there, we have breakfast in the White House, we have a a celebration in the Capitol, we have all this stuff. I get one of the flags that, you know, flows over the Capitol, they take it down, fold it up, and give it to us, and I get this gold medal from the President, And, uh, and I still have all this stuff. It was amazing. So here's what happens. That's fifth grade. Years, years later, I'm in Bible college. I'm in my dorm. I'm reading, studying, and this thought comes to me. This is years later. I said, you know, I got an award from everybody. I was a national hero. And you know who never said thank you? That boy and his family. <laughs> I still get worked up at that. <laughs> Seriously, like what am I feeling? Why is this even? I'm all like, get it together. I got so angry in my dorm room. I was like, how dare him? I should have left him in the road. I mean, I am angry. Literally, I am angry because I thought, how ungrateful. Everybody else sees it. Everybody else felt like, "Hey man, we appreciate you risking your life." And nobody nobody had a problem with it. But this one boy I never heard anything from. And I got angry. Years later, and here's what happened. At that moment, the Lord spoke to me. And and he didn't say it quite like this. I'm just kind of saying it this way because that's how it made me feel. He's like, really, Scott? Really? You're going to get that upset? Let me just remind you of something. Jesus actually gave his life for you. And when's the last time you showed gratefulness? Enough said, and I realized how easy it is for me to see someone else and to take it, like, don't they understand? And then I realized, you know what? Jesus was beat and whipped, and he was nailed to a cross, and he had a crown of thorns pressed down on his head, and he bled, and he died for me. And I want to spend all my time talking about all the great things that I can do for him and what I need him to do and all this great stuff. And sometimes I think, when is the last time I just stopped and said, Jesus, Father, thank you so much. You actually sacrificed your son for me so I could have life. I am spiritually alive today because of Jesus. And so are you. And we need to bring that in the right perspective. And know that we have a lot to be grateful for. All the other stuff you're facing right now, I'm not making light of it. I'm not saying it's not important. But I'm going to tell you, there's nothing, nothing that you're going through. That there's not a place that you can have thanksgiving in your heart. And be grateful. Even in the midst of it. Before, during, and after.